Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. The title of the message this morning is There's Not One Righteous, sorry, For One Righteous. Not, not, there's not one righteous, we already know that. It's for one righteous, that's the title of this message this morning. And um, I wanted to, and I know that there'll be lots of different um, opinions and, and, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, on, on the happenings of this week, but, and a lot has been said regarding um, the Queen, um, and, and we could say all the same things. I put a prayer request out earlier this week, and um, I was just being thankful because, because of her, I believe God's really graced our nation. Um, uh, but I was thinking back to the Queen's coronation. I was thinking about if, if there was anything to say, it would be the difference between the world in 1953 and the world in 2022. And um, when she was crowned, arguably you could say the nation was more conscious of God, definitely more friendly towards God. There were more followers of Christ, depending on how you define that, but I believe there were. And there was freedom, and people knew that that freedom had come at a cost and that God was instrumental in the deliverance of our country and many others. Because 1953 is not that long after the end of World War II. And I believe that, although I wasn't alive at the time, the nation would have been thankful. Amen. And so I want to acknowledge that Things are very different now, but she has been a complete constant. And no, this message is not about the queen. But I think it's, it's wise to bring things into context with what's happening in the time that we live in. Because you might see people saying things like, well, what has the queen ever done for me? What, did the queen ever, what has the queen ever personally done for me? Well, the queen hasn't been at my door either, but her position has granted me something that I perhaps could have just taken for granted all along, but I don't. I realize that the covenant that she made between herself and the Lord and between this island and the Lord back in 1953 meant something. And it was because of that covenant that we have enjoyed what we have enjoyed. And every nation goes through its ups and downs. Every nation has its faults and failures. But I just wanted to say that. I've never met the queen, but I'm thankful for her life. Very, very thankful for her life. And she was a patriot in that she didn't look out just for her own interests. The, the, her family and herself have been accused of many things, but I truly believe that she was a patriot, that she put the interests of this country above her own. And 
Whenever we fight for or give up something for the sake of our countrymen or our country, that is what makes you a patriot. That is what makes you a patriot. Not, it's easy to sit back and criticize, but to serve your country and to give up your own life for your country. That's true patriotism. But in 2022, we can all probably agree there's a, what they call a reprobate spirit at work in the earth today. And a reprobate spirit seeks its own things. It prefers its own interests over the interests of others. People are never happy until their own desire is gratified. And I wanted to give you an encouragement this morning because happiness is a big deal. <laughs> happiness is a, is a big deal. Actually, joy is a bigger deal. But if we have a desire for our own happiness, it's like chasing shadows. The faster you run after it, the quicker it seems to run. Happiness is elusive. When you want happiness for your own de- to satisfy your own desire, it seems you can never really achieve it. I remember the Will Smith movie actually now. But real happiness is achieved, and this is why when I think about the queen and I think about her demeanor, I, I just, I don't think I've ever seen her frowning. I've always just seen her with this joyful demeanor. Um, real happiness is, is achieved when the desire to have something is virtuous. It's grounded in goodness and righteousness. Amen? And I just believe that, that Queen Elizabeth was good. She was just good goodness. She was full of goodness. That's what I believe. And I know that some people may disagree. But the amazing thing is, the greater our intensity of desire for whatever it is we want, the greater the happiness will be when it's achieved. Amen? So if the intensity of of your desire is low, then the gratification of your happiness will be low. And if you have a desire that is on fire, then the gratification of your happiness will be intense and it will be good and it will be fulfilling. And the reason I believe most people are not happy is because they're actually pursuing happiness. I just want to be happy. But they do it in such an anxious way they, they clamor for it. They'll do whatever it takes to be happy. They'll try whatever it is out there to be happy. But if we would keep our eyes on God, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, keep our eyes on the things of the kingdom, and if we desire that, then happiness will chase you. Happiness will pursue you. And this is where I believe it's such an element of our character and the, and the character of our leaders that when 
Father God, we need a change that our leaders would look to you, that their desires would line up with the desires of your word. And we can all, leaders of families, there's, there's, there's heads of homes sitting in this place today. There's moms. There's just, we all, we all have, a, have an influence. And when your youngin looks up to you and says, I see my dad's desire is for the things of the kingdom. And I see the joy that's fulfilled in him. Man, your little ones will want to serve God and know him. And that pains my heart to say that this morning because oftentimes I've missed it. And why, why are things just not clicking together? Why are things not working? And it's always the same thing. It's taking our eyes off of ourselves and putting them onto the Lord. And that spirit, the spirit of this age, it's a universal spirit. It's a, it's a self-centered spirit and it will lead to a universal war because the, the conflict in the world will be so intense. People will set themselves against one another so intensely that there will be no rule because everyone is independent, not dependent. We're all independent. We can do whatever we want to. So our character is important. And when I looked at the character of the queen, according to Proverbs 29, it says, when the righteous become great and are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. And I look at her, you know, one of the characters of your sovereign is to be a defender of the faith. Someone who won't forsake hope Someone who has a, a reverent faith for the th eternal things. Not just what happens in the here and now. That they love God's word. And that they are virtuous. So that all of their, all of their wants and their desires are grounded in, they're all virtuous things. To have a spirit of humility. To be noble. She was noble. Patriotic to have great courage, to have a heart to serve their people. And she was a servant. She was a servant queen. To love justice. As justice seems to ebb away, we need a, we need a king who loves justice. We have a heavenly king that loves justice. Justice must prevail. To lead wisely and to allow God's word to lead them. And I believe that, and I've already, I won't mention the name, but I, I heard a comment from another part of the world that says, yeah, she'll be missed because her, her wisdom has passed with her. And we b believe that a legacy will live on and that people will, 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 will remember her for her wisdom. Amen. But she had wisdom for, for the common people right through to the members of her family. She was wise. And she was bold too. And when you need to lead people that are less bold than you, you need to be bold yourself. <laughs> Amen. Boldness. And we need bold people now in the church. We need people that will be unashamed to say what they truly believe 
And only say it, please, if it lines up with God's word. It's like, this is the gospel according to David today. But no, what, what does God's word say? Amen. Avoiding neutrality. Oh, I don't want to get involved. I'm just going to stay neutral. I'm going to sit on the fence on this one. The word calls that double-mindedness. And double-mindedness leads to instability. And instability leads to failure. Love the convictions of God's word. If it says, if you, if it says be, believe this and be on this side, be there. Let God find you there. If God finds you on the fence, isn't that very uncomfortable for you? You look at, you know, and uh, don't be lukewarm. One of her most important roles was to lift the morale of a whole, whole nation after a war. That's why, that's why we need leaders. That's why we need good leaders and godly leaders to lift the morale of the people. Amen. The, the world wars were devastating, but we could look to these singular people and they would lift our morale. It gave us meaning. I haven't watched a lot of television, but yesterday I seen The Long Walk in Windsor and I just, my heart just melted. Just, it just, it just melted to see what, the, see the people coming out reverently. Amen. Wouldn't it be amazing to see that for the, for the King of Kings? Amen. You know, King Charles said something quite profound in his address that his, his mother made more than a promise but a commitment. She com when, if you go online and you read her coronation address, she committed to maintain God's laws and to profess the gospel. And a lot of the country don't even know that. Those were th commitments that she made. So what a blessing it's been to have a covenant-keeping ruler. We haven't been without our faults as a nation, but we've prospered under her rule. And we pray it will continue. And that this nation, Britain, do you know, I, I remember reading about John Knox. He said that at one stage in history, Bibles had to be smuggled into Scotland. <laughs> We always think of ourselves as the land of the book. We took the gospel out into the nations. Did you know that people were smuggling Bibles into Scotland before the Reformation? It's incredible to think that, isn't it? It's incredible to think that. But what are we building our nation on? We have a part to play in that. What are the pillars of our nation our righteousness and holiness at the foundation of our country today? Big question mark. I want to encourage you by saying righteousness, being righteous, is a characteristic that gets God's attention and draws his gaze towards you. And the Bible says, oh, but Pastor David, you just said there is no one righteous, not one true, but we are the righteousness of God in Christ so when we are in Christ 
and we are doing in Christ things, God's gaze is drawn towards you. Righteousness is characterized by faith in God and godly conduct. And the righteousness of God's people is so powerful that the wicked are spared. Do you believe that? Do you believe that if it wasn't for you, people that you know and your friends and family, unbelievers, that God, God's hand is stayed because of you operating in a situation, praying into a situation? Righteous Christians effectively keep the roof of the nation from falling in on its people. Hey, wow. And if you know that story in Genesis 18, 19, Abraham and God are having a discussion about Sodom and Abraham says, oh, for how many righteous men will you relent, Lord? And God say, he says, Lord, for, if there was 50 righteous people in there, would you spare them? And God says, yeah, I'll spare them. He says, but what if there was 40? What if there was 30? Yes, I'll, I'll spare them. What if there was 20? Yeah, I'll spare them. Lord, what if there was just 10? And God says, even if there are 10 righteous men, I will spare them. It's incredible. Amen. And uh, we know what, ha what the aftermath was. The, 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 his judgment did fall and, Lot and some of his family were spared. But righteousness is a big deal. It is. And history tells us that when the righteous are in power, the country flourishes. Amen. So you can see the times and seasons. When righteousness is given up, the tide turns. If you, anyone, especially our Bible students from the past would know this, King Rehoboam, godly king, decided to climb out of God's hand, be independent of God. The tide turned and God's strength left the entire nation. And I want to say this this morning, because this is on my heart, that we need, we need God's glory in this house. We do, not, we do not want God to remove his strength. We do not want him to remove his glory. And so as we become you and I individually, as we pay attention to holiness and righteousness and doing the right thing, God's glory will fall. You won't want to go home on a Sunday. It will, it will fall. It will be in your life. On the other hand, you had Josiah. He came into power when J Judah was in a terrible state. But because he was righteous in his heart, God turned the situation around. So God can turn situations around. He can take what is, what is in a terrible way and he can make it better. Amen. So the Bible's clear about the link between rulers and their people. Amen. And um, so much goes through your mind, you know, when you're preparing a service and you think about especially what's happened this week. You think it just focuses your mind on the state of our world. And we all know the, it's like the car bumper sticker. Jesus is the answer. You know, not many people do bumper stickers anymore these days. 
Jesus is the answer, but we're in an age of ultra-libertarianism, liberalism, a generation that defines freedom as having the right to do whatever that individual wants to do. And that whole culture is at war with anything that even looks holy or righteous. So, the narrow way even is too narrow, even for some Christians. So, this ultra-liberalism is all to do with being broad-minded. Oh, we've got to be broad-minded, as broadly-minded as possible. And I would suggest that broadness suggests wideness, a wide path. So, it's not me saying this, church family, this morning. The Word of God says, narrow is the way. Narrow is the way and broad is your mind. Something's got to give. So, if our mind is incredibly broad, I think the broader it is, the more chance we've got to wander off on a big wide path. And it might just cost us our faith. But we need the power of holiness. We need to revive that. Yes. That's what we need to survive, actually. And we see a loss of reverence, a loss of respect, a loss of love for righteousness. But most of all, what we really need, if we're going to mourn anything, we should mourn the fact that the church has moved away from its first love. And our, who, is, who is your first love this morning? Who is our first love? I remember in 1980 who my first love was because when I made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior, even though I didn't really know, understand what I was doing, and that's a bigger conversation, when I ended up in, just months later, isolated from my family in a boarding school, the only thing I had was a Gideon's Bible, and I thought, something's got to work. So see that commitment I made I'm just going to go with that. And that's how I got through. Just God's word. Just God's word. Read God. I only, only, only had a few scriptures that I knew to read. And I just read them out whenever I needed to get through a hard day. And that's, that's what we do. Go back to our first love. Remember the way that when you were so simple in your faith that what you spoke, you really believed it. Nothing confused you about it. It's like, I'm not confused. The Bible says this, I believe it. <laughs> I'm not confused. So, I want to encourage you. Through you, you, me, you, sitting in this place, God just needs one righteous man to begin a new thing. God just needs one righteous person to start a new season God just needs one righteous person to work a barren field and to revive a harvest. Amen. God just needs one person to say, I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten my first love and to come back to first love. And I was saying to Lewis this morning, actually, somewhere, I said, I feel like it's a Jabulani morning. Jabulani is Swahili for rejoicing. Jabulani. No matter what happens, Jabulani, 
rejoice because the king is good and and he is he is forever on the throne and rulers and kingdoms of the earth will pass but his is eternal and you're plugged right into that and he's just looking for one person amen one person we've been you've been delivered this morning into a blessing but just like I said to the men on at our men's meeting on Monday night, the blessing becomes a curse when we only pay lip service to the king. When we proclaim his goodness and his mercy and his provision, he's a good God, he supplies all of my needs. And we say that to all and sundry, oh, you should come and join us because God is this and God is that. But then we betray ourselves by our words, our deeds do not match our words. It was like Ezra. Ezra was a scribe and he had said, we are going to go from Babylon to Jerusalem and you know what? We don't need the king's escort. We're, we're going to get there. Our God will protect us. And when the crunch came and he could have said, do you know what? Would you mind if we had a few horsemen just in case we get the bandits come? He couldn't. He said, How, I cannot ask the king for his protection when I've already asked my king for his protection. That is how you get from Babylon to Jerusalem. When you've said, God, you're going to do it, we, we have to rely on God. Place your confidence in him. We must place our confidence in him. Because other people would have loved Ezra to say, do you know what? Our God is great, he's powerful, he's going to save us, and then say, do you know what? I'll have a whole troop of your men. Because you know what? You did offer. So what's, what can the harm be in just taking along this extra protection? <laughs> well, okay, if you want that protection, you're saying you don't want mine. Oh, have a bit of both, please, Lord. Trust in me. Trust in me. Be, he's, God is saying, trust me. Amen. Hallelujah. Have faith in God. Let's not disappoint God of, of the opportunity to show himself strong on your behalf. And I declare in the name of Jesus that God is going to show himself strong on your behalf. In some area of your life today that you have been struggling with for a long time, God is going to show himself strong on his behalf. And I believe, and I believe this, believe that this, that the feel in my heart that we might have to let go some of the things we've relied upon to give God the opportunity for his glory it's so that he is glorified in it. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.